You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jamie Baines. Today's guest is Raven Rollins, a fellow podcaster from Ada, Oklahoma. I came across Raven when one of my previous guests went on Raven's podcast. I decided to check out her website, and I liked what I saw. So I reached out to her and asked if she'd like to be a guest on my show. After all, her podcast focused on true crime, and I'm a retired homicide detective, so it seemed like a great match. Turns out it was, and here we are. I hope you enjoy the interview. And welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is actually fellow podcaster Raven Rollins. How are you, Raven? I am good. I'm. Thank you for having me today. Thank you very much for being on. Now, what you tell me the name first of all of your podcast, and I'll let people know how we kind of came in contact with each other. We are Sirens, a true crime podcast, but we also go by the Sirens podcast. Okay. And so it, I know it's kind of self-explanatory, but what what is it that you do? What What is your podcast about? So we cover, obviously, true crime, <laughs> but we kind of evolved from talking amongst ourselves. Uh, we wanted to elevate the podcast and kind of set it aside from other true crime podcasts. And so I started doing some networking and reaching out to, um, you know, experts in the field. And so we've just kind of gone from there. And so, you know, we'll have, we have had criminologists, victimologists, attorneys, prosecutors, um, true crime authors, investigators, all kinds of people in the mix. And so we're just, we're just trying to elevate and um, mainly our goal is to not just tell true crime stories, but to inform people so that they can keep themselves safe as well. And I came across you because you actually interviewed somebody that I interviewed as well, Vic Ferrari, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Larry is New York cop, so I reached out to you because I thought it would be very interesting to, to get your take on the crime scene, if you would. And how did you get started in it? What is it? You're very interested in it, I guess, because you started as true crime, but... So where does that come from? Uh, you know, so it it probably started with my love for horror, the horror genre. Um, and then I can remember the very first true crime book that I ever picked up was next to my grandmother's bedside, <laughs> which was a book about, um, it was The Dreams of Ada, which is where I lived. And I was like, oh, this couldn't have happened here in my small town, my perfect little small town. And so, you know, it just kind of budded from there. And I ended up just while I was actually in high school, senior in high school, ended up going to work for a lawyer. Um, I learned, you know, a lot about law um, through that. I worked for her and other lawyers for Oh man, over a decade, almost, I think 15 ish years. And Ended up learning how to do, you know, legal research and legal assistant and, and all of this stuff. And then I just kept building on that. You know, they send you to all of these seminars and, 
you end up learning more and more and more. And so I got into um, my my lawyer that I worked for specifically was um, a domestic violence expert and an expert in strangulation and a law professor and a judge. And so I really learned a lot from her and going to all of these seminars, the ones that she gives herself. And I just kept learning and going. And then I ended up going to um, school for private investigation and just learned on top of that. So I just, I like to keep learning. So, you know. Did you ever want to parlay that into actually becoming a police officer? Um, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I went to EMT school um, back in the day and I actually worked 911 dispatch for about two years and I realized when when I was doing that 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 the very last call I remember very vividly taking and it was literally a standoff two men and they ended up shooting each other um, and both passing away and you know hearing that live happening right then and there in front of you I just right then I was like that you know this is not for me I've got to find some sort of after the fact thing that I can do you know and that kind of pushed me more into maybe like the court system and the actual investigation part of it I've always told my husband I'd make a great detective as long as I don't have to arrest anyone (laughs) (laughs) just let me do the investigation part of it and I'll be great (laughs) So is that how is that how the, the podcast your podcast kind of came to be and how it evolved? Yes, you know, I was just I was sitting around and I, anyone that will talk true crime with me, you know, I would just talk about case after case after case, and a lot of people um, were like, you know, you need to you need to start a podcast, and I was like, a podcast? What's a podcast? I had never heard a podcast before I started one ever, and so I was like, I you know, I went into it going. I'm not even going to listen to one because if I do this, I'm going to do it my way. I want to structure it my way. Um, I don't want anything to influence how I do things. And so, yeah, I I, I ended up just kind of segueing into talking about true crime on for for other people. <laughs> And what has the response been from your listeners and everybody? Are they are they fascinated by your podcast? Do they enjoy it? Uh, I really, truly started out thinking that no one would listen to this but my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try it and see what happens. I'll put it out there. And, you know, if, if people like listening to it, then I'll continue doing it. If it doesn't you know, no one listens at all, then, you know, I'll go back to talking about it in my basement or whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the first season that I did, we included a lot of cases from my hometown of Ada, Oklahoma. Now, in, you know, most people know Ada as, you know, the home of, you know, the innocent man. Um, the book and you know the series on Netflix that's that's where I'm from you got a decent pedigree for it yeah. <laughs> yes yeah yeah and so I was just kind of like you know there is so much more going on in Ada Oklahoma than just this case and I think people would be truly surprised at how much murder and corruption goes on in Ada. And so that's kind of where I started was, you know, let's tell these Ada stories. I don't know. It just kind of took off. I mean, we were getting, you know, listen after listen. Um, we, we, 
ran up our listens really quickly. And I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe I can do this. <laughs> it's working. It's working. It's, it's working. Keep doing it. Whatever we're doing, keep doing it. The big thing about it was, is that these Ada cases that we talked about, you know, we didn't start with the innocent man because, you know, that had just been a thing in a book. And I thought, let's start with these obscure cases that hasn't seen the, you know, the light of day that not a lot of people know happened literally maybe probably in their backyard. And, you know, we just started getting a lot of, um, a lot of good words from, from family and, and friends of these victims that said, you know, these, some of these cases are still unsolved and we're so glad that, you know, you're putting it back out there and, you know, those circulated and then, Eventually, we had we branched out into all of Oklahoma, and now we've branched out into all of the southern states. So it's pretty crazy. It's wild. The Ada ones, I guess you knew about from growing up there. How do you how do you decide on what case that you want to do? Do you have a team of researchers? Well, so initially it was just me, and I recruited a fellow Aiden um, to come and co-host, and she co-hosted with me for about two years um, until her personal life uh, and her she was trying to start her own business and all this stuff, and so she eventually had to quit, and that's when I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Because I have been, you know, she has been with me for two years, and I, I kind of went, you know what, let's get a crew. Why not? Let's let's up the ante. Let's get some experts in here. Let's talk to a bunch of different people. Let's have a bunch of different co-hosts. So, you know, now that I have a crew, we kind of sit down in, in the office and go, okay, well, what do you think that we should talk about this season you know, we have too many serial killers on the list, so Nick's a couple of those. We should probably bring in some more, you know, domestic violence cases, bring that to light. Um, you know, we have this one where I can get a strangulation expert. Um, I have another where I can we can talk about genetic genealogy. I have an expert for that. You know, we kind of work it that way. Initially, it was just me going, okay, well, I have a list of Ada cases, and then I have a list of Oklahoma cases, and and whatever flowed together is kind of how I put it together. Now it's definitely a team effort. Um, you know, some, some of my team comes to me and goes, I would like to present this case. I'm, I've been super interested in this. It happened near my home or whatever. And so, you know, they're super passionate about it. Um, and so we have a lot coming up in, in season four, we're about to close out season three and season four is just going to get even more phenomenal. So I'm really excited about that. Are you enjoying what you're doing? Are you enjoying having this much work to do? You know, we, of course we don't get paid for anything that we do. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we have like 10 subscribers or something that actually pay for, you know, our extra content or something. And we just started that. So we're just kind of feeling it out there, but. Well, I know um, we yeah, tried to start I, this in May <laughs> and you've been so busy yeah. <laughs> until August. <laughs> So, so yeah. 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 And, you know, because I have so many people now on the team, I have to schedule everything out, like, at least a year in advance. Wow. And so I always, yeah, I know. I know. I literally have things on the schedule right now for um, up to June 2023. (laughs) Is that exciting? It's got to be just thrilling to be so busy even a year out. Yeah. Yes, I know. Um, you know, it's 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 wild. Um, I would have never thought 
uh, you know, at the end of season two, I was like, okay, we're getting pretty popular. Um, we we recently just hit a hundred thousand downloads and streams, and so I was like, Fantastic. we gotta we gotta mix it up somehow. Yeah, and so I was like, I think I need to start like laying down an actual schedule and so now we have a recording schedule (laughs) we have we have an editing schedule we have an event schedule i mean yeah i'm i'm and i'm kind of ocd about that stuff too so (laughs) (laughs) or no or or is that your wheelhouse is this is this your lane you mean you, you said you're ocd so is this this is what you do this is what you like to do i had this event back um Oh, what was it? 20, 2012, 2013, I forget. The last um, more Oklahoma tornado came through. And I organized a huge benefit for that. And although it was absolutely chaotic and insane, and I was in charge of hundreds of people, I kind of felt like I worked under pressure like that. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's it's a lot like that. I mean, I'm constantly planning events. I'm constantly, I think I have, oh my gosh, how many people do I have on my team? I have six people on my team right now. Um, and of course, like each one of them has their own kind of specialty in it. I've got a victimologist um, professor that she's just great. And, and so of course I'm scheduling stuff with her and we're trying to get, do events where we go out and we speak and we're trying to put like some continuing education together for domestic violence for the first responders here in my area. And like we're, we are constantly doing stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, I think that I, I kind of work under pressure that way. So I, I like it. I enjoy it. I do get overwhelmed sometimes, but yeah, I enjoy it a lot. You or none, nobody on your team is working for pay, right? They're all doing it out of out of just loving yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, none, none of us are paid a dime. And, and I make sure, like, um, we have a, a new girl in season four. Um, her name is Scarlett. And I, like... I. When I recruited her and we did kind of like a little test with her to see, you know, how she sounded on the air and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, when I asked her if she if this is something she wanted to do, I was like, listen, <laughs> we do not make any money. We work a lot of hours, a lot of, you know prep is research and you're going to be doing that on your own and of course you know I'll show you you know if you have any questions about research I'm always there to help or whatever but for the most part like this is unpaid and I just want to make sure that you're ready to take that on because it is it can be a lot it really can recruiting pitch Raven (laughs) that is some recruiting pitch I know we're gonna work you and work you and work you and not pay you (laughs) you want the job yes sign me up Exactly. Exactly. It's wild because, you know, even the ones that I still have on, I'm like, okay, you need to tell me if I'm giving you too much to do. You need to tell me if I'm overwhelming you so that I can, you know, I'm I'm changing the schedule. I want to make sure everybody isn't overwhelmed. Tell me now. You know, it's kind of that situation because, you know, this is... uh, I mean, you know, it's my podcast. I started it and I can do it alone, but like, I absolutely love having all of these people here to support me and help me and make this thing happen and flow the way that it does. And 
I even have one now that uh, literally sometimes sits behind beside me and is just my producer. Like, <laughs> literally, will just say, "Oh no, move it along. You know, keep keep going or cut really? that or whatever." And no. I'm like, oh right, <laughs> yes, yeah. That's Especially awesome. in like my author interviews, yeah. Um, because sometimes I like to ramble, as you can tell. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love hearing people talk. I think it's I think the world needs more people talking and just enjoying what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I love what I what I do. I never thought that we would get um this popular. We've been on the charts several times now. Um we've charted as high as number 6 on the Good Pods charts. Why do you think people are so fascinated with true crime? I'm fascinated with it because I am like obsessed with prevention Mm -hmm. and I'm also obsessed with uh you know the why the big question why why did this happen and how can we prevent it from happening in the future that's a really good Um, way to look at it I never thought about it that way and I I bet a lot of people don't either like if if you're watching Dateline you're watching 48 hours or something that I bet almost nobody is watching it for prevention of the crime but i i really think a lot of us especially women watch it to go what happened to her what what was her situation how can i avoid that situation in the future you know how can i keep myself out of a situation like that and maybe prevent this from happening to me or my sister or my daughter or you know something like that so very good yeah and i'm sure this is in your questioning a lot of people ask me why why do i even do this like why do i even have a true crime podcast what's my main point in this and my answer is why do you teach your children to look both ways when they cross the road so you teach them because you want to keep them safe but it's not only about keeping them safe it's about explaining to them what they're looking for when they look both ways well you're looking for a car okay well how can a car harm you it's kind of the same scenario here you know i'm i'm trying to help people look both ways before they cross the road and in some cases hold their hands as they cross the road mm-hmm. and do you get feedback on that do people know that's one of the reasons that you do your podcast do you put that out there so people know that i have probably mentioned it we have um we're coming up on 100 episodes and it's getting to the point where i can't remember what i've talked about <laughs> like personally you know what i've said and what i have could be a good it could be a good thing and a bad thing that means maybe a, that's a measure of success yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure I've mentioned it a time or two. And um, we were just talking about um, possibly doing like a bonus episode on true crime ethics, you know, and mm-hmm. you know what we should be and shouldn't be doing as a true crime podcast, and kind of you know holding the standards higher for people in this business. Mm-hmm. I think you know if you meet me, you'll know that I'm I'm passionate about it. I want to learn. I want to teach, and I I just want to keep people safe so and do you get feedback from women specifically about that or saying hey raven i i I heard what you're saying that really strikes close to home 
thank you for bringing this up and Frank, thank you for talking about it. Yes, I've had a lot of those. A lot, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I do get a lot of good feedback. A lot of people saying, you know, thank you for speaking up about domestic violence. Thank you for speaking up about sexual assault. Um, Even in my podcast, I recently came out as a sexual assault victim. So, you know, it's just talking about what's important to me and what I feel like should be talked about more in society. Um, I, I have always tried to stay away from sensationalized serial killers like Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez and, you know, stuff like that and kind of bring it back down to, well, these are some other ones that you may not have heard about and this is, you know, what they did and this is why and if we have a serial killer. But usually it is, we talk about domestic violence a lot. Um, We talk about a lot of crimes that are lesser known especially in the Oklahoma area we get we get feedback a lot and it really that's what keeps me going at least because even if one person sends me a message that says I just listened to that podcast and thank you so much for x thing for mentioning x thing or whatever or even talking about x person's case I'm just like okay I'm doing something right here so i'm telling you you're segging me into each each thing i want to hit as i as i end each podcast i like asking what keeps you positive what keeps you keeps you going because i know you said you're a sexual assault survivor a lot of these crimes you look at can be you know can be depressing and distressing you said you're ocd what keeps you positive well you know it does get daunting i mean this line of work is not for everyone. You're looking at case files. You're looking at crime scene photos. I mean, it's the same as, as first responders, you know, investigators, anyone who's in, even, um, you know, attorneys that have to go through this stuff. It does get daunting. And there are definitely some cases that literally haunt me. Um, cases that, you know, I like just cannot let go of. And it can be cathartic, you know, when I I I get a hold of that bone, you know, a dog on a bone, bone and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I have to I have to talk about this case. It is cathartic and sometimes just by talking about the case on the show, I can let that case go. Um, but there are a lot of other ones that I can't let go. And so, you know, it it gets to be a lot sometimes. But it is definitely those people that send me and send the page like private messages that say, thank you so much for coming out, you know, as a sexual assault survivor, you know, that allowed me to, you know, finally tell my husband what happened to me or finally tell my mom or tell my, you know, grandma, whatever, you know, I finally came out and it gave me the courage or, you know, the ones that say, I did not know X thing. I'm so glad that you had this expert on to explain this thing, especially we just had a a sane nurse on. And I have had several people say, I did not know, you know, that I didn't have to get the cops involved, that they would hang on to that kit for so long. You know, I didn't know what to expect until your podcast. And it's definitely things like that. The people who are enjoying this, Yes, I, I'm so glad that they enjoy it. Um, but it's mostly the people who are getting something out of this. And, and you know, I, I keep going because I do have a lot now that we're more popular. 
um, we were in on the front page of my hometown paper not too long ago. And, and we had a lot of cases roll in that way. And that keeps me going as well. That keeps me in a way positive. Oh, there are still stories to be told. There are still victims that don't have voices that I can still give a voice to. So that also helps me keep going. Um, but, and you know, the support of friends and family and, and saying, you know, you're, you're doing something that I feel like it matters. Um, a lot of people go, oh, a true crime podcast, they roll their eyes. You know, I feel like we're not. <laughs> I, I feel like we're we're not your average true crime podcast. We're not um, we're not just you know two people who have never worked in the field who don't know what they're talking about. You know, sitting in the dark and telling each other stories without you know true facts or you know whatever. So we put a lot of research in it. Um, we put a lot of thought in it. We even do a lot of editing. There's a lot of thought, a lot of work that goes in to it and so well i appreciate the time you give me today where can people find you everywhere literally (laughs) wrapping it up hang it up right now you can Um. find raven everywhere that's all folks good night that's it guys what'd you think of raven to be honest with everyone i never heard of ada oklahoma nor the innocent man before talking to raven that's what i enjoy about these podcasts the chance to talk to and learn from people who come from all walks of life. Raven took me completely off guard when she told me that one of the main reasons that she focuses on true crime in her series is for prevention and situational awareness. I can almost guarantee you that shows that make big money off true crime could give a damn about preventing crime in the future. That, I think, is the difference between independent shows like Raven's and shows put on by large media corporations that only care about money, not people. The world needs more people like Raven and more people like my listeners. We're all in this together, so let's take care of each other. Check out the link for Raven's website below, and as always, thanks for listening. You've reached the end of our episode. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Join Raven next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?